want to ask you about something that the people are chattering about, which is the, the acquisition of Twitter by Elon Musk, because it's a company that you've looked at, passed on. Yes, that was many, many, many years ago. Is it a good deal for Elon? Uh, for Twitter? Well, he's clearly bored. Doesn't have a lot to do. He's got, you know, he's got Tesla. You know, very boring company, I guess. He's got the boring company, which must also be very boring. SpaceX, well, you know, not interesting. Shooting these rockets up and running the global satellite system. And then, you know, he's got Neuralink, where he's got, not only is he trying to bore a hole in the ground, he's trying to bore a hole in your head and suck your consciousness out. So he's clearly <laughs> not busy enough. I, I think he's one of the most incredible, exceptional entrepreneurs of all time, maybe the most exceptional entrepreneur of all time, and uh, fascinating to see that he's so interested in this uh, asset. Is it a good asset? Merged with artificial intelligence by, uh, by, by improving the speed of interaction between um, our cortex and our tertiary layer, which is already silicon. We're, we're, we're already a sort of a three-level intelligence creature. The base level is the, the limbic system, the sort of animal brain or a reptile brain, essentially. The, the, the sort of fundamental, you know, yeah, the animal or reptile brain. Um, and then there's the cortex, which the cortex, by the way, is largely in service to the, the reptile brain. Could <laughs> you imagine that one day we would be able to download our human brain capacity into Optimus? Yeah. I think that is, I'm not saying this is, I think, I think it is possible, I think, to do that. It is possible. Which would be a, a different way of eternal life. Because we would also download our personalities into a body. Yes. We could download uh, the things that we believe make ourselves unique. Now, of course, if you're not in a body anymore, that there's definitely going to be some difference there, you know. So, um, but as far as preserving our memories, um, our, our personality, if you will, uh, we could, I think we could do that. Like Neuralace is sort of like, it's basically a Neuralink. Because hmm. uh, life imitates art. It does indeed. <laughs> it does indeed. So she wakes up and the opening scene is her memory has been uploaded by this Neuralace when she's been killed, and uh, now she gets to choose a new body, and this AI um, is interfacing with her recorded memory in her neural lace, um, and helping her, and being like, hello, you're dead, but because you had a neural lace, your memory's uploaded, do you want to choose a new body, and you're going to be born here in the culture, and like start a new life? You could also save state. And save state? Save state, like save your brain state, like like a save game in a video game. Whoa, <laughs> like like if you want to swap from Windows ninety five, well, to, uh, like yeah, you probably a little better than, <laughs> than that, but yeah. I think we are Windows ninety five right now. Yeah, from a future perspective, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you could uh, save state, um, and restore that state into a biological being if you if you wanted to in the future in principle. It's like nothing like from a physics standpoint that prevents this. You'd be a little different, but then you're also a little different when you wake up in the morning from yesterday. The relationship with super intelligence, um, like artificial super intelligence, is just it's like great. If someone ultimately does get a neural link installed, what will take place? Well, for version one of the device, it would be 
um, it, it basically implanted in your skull. So, uh, <laughs> but it would be flush with your skull. So you basically uh, take out a chunk of skull, replace, put the Neuralink device in there. Um, you, you put the the electrode, you insert the electrode threads very carefully into the, the brain, um, and uh, and then you you know stitch it up, and um, and you wouldn't even know that somebody has, um, and then and, and and so then it, it can interface basically anywhere anywhere in your brain. In principle, you wouldn't be able to communicate uh, very quickly and with far more precision uh, ideas. Uh, and, and language would, I'm not sure what would happen to language. But you, you could probably, in a situation like this, you would be able to just, it would be kind of like the Matrix. You, you want to speak in a language, no problem. Right. That's why it was downloaded the program. We are becoming cyborgs. Like, our brains are fundamentally changed. Everyone who grew up with electronics, we are fundamentally different from previous, from homo sapiens. I call us homo techno. I, th I, I think we have evolved into homo techno, which is like essentially a new species. How many years? Before you don't have to talk. If the, if the, if the development continues to accelerate, then maybe like five years five to ten years. Obviously it's not, it's not utopia, it's not perfect, and like, because like striving for utopia I think feels hopeless and, and it's sort of like maybe not the best terminology to be using. Um, so it's like, it's a pretty good place, like mm -hmm. mostly like, you know, super intelligence and biological beings exist fairly in harmony there's not too much war there's like as as close to equality as you can get you know it's like it's like approximately a good future there's a lot of breakthroughs on the medical front uh particularly around the synthetic uh mrna uh although you can basically do anything with the synthetic uh rna dna um it's really it's like a computer program so I mean, I think with enough, with with uh, with effort, that's not too crazy. You could probably stop aging, reverse it if you want. Um, uh, these are you can basically do it. You can turn someone into a freaking butterfly if you want with the right DNA sequence. So, I mean, caterpillars do it. We can choose our own evolution. We can change the way our brains work, and so we actually have a huge responsibility to do that. Allowing them to control a computer or a phone just using their mind. It's like if you look at Silicon Valley and you look at like whatever the, tech, the tech, technocracy, like what's been happening there. Like it's like when Silicon Valley started, it was all just like Facebook and all this like for-profit crap that like really wasn't particular. I guess it was useful, but it was it's sort of just like whatever. Um, but like now you see like lab-grown meat. <laughs> places like Silicon Valley, uh, equality is out, but immortality is in. Everybody's talking about immortality. Uh, Google has just established two or three years ago a sub-company called Calico, whose stated aim is to solve the problem of death. We've solved search, now we'll solve death. 
and they are not the only ones. And basically they are saying death is not some metaphysical phenomenon. We don't have to wait for the second coming of Christ in order to solve it. Uh, a couple of geeks in the laboratory can do it. I guess the significance of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing. And it's like, I keep thinking about motherhood, how um, under capitalism, it's like this extremely essential job that is very difficult that is not compensated and we sort of like value things by by how much we compensate them and so we really devalue motherhood in our society and pretty much all societies like capitalism does not recognize motherhood it's just a job that you're supposed to do for free um and it's like but i feel like producing great humans should be seen as a great as a, as profit under capitalism like that should be that's like a huge social good like every awesome human that gets made adds so much to the world so like if that was integrated into the profit structure then um you know and if we potentially found a way to compensate motherhood but the product this time will not be textiles or machines or vehicles or even weapons the product this time will be humans themselves we are basically learning to produce bodies and minds bodies and minds are going to be the, i think the two main products of the next wave of all these uh, uh, changes that is, 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 is optional Again, and if you think about it from the viewpoint of the poor it looks terrible because throughout history death was the great equalizer the big consolation of the poor throughout history was that okay these rich people they have it good but they're going to die just like me but think about the world say 50 years 100 years where the poor people continue to die but the rich people, in addition to all the other things they get, they also get an exemption from death. There's a report from a joint report from the government of the UK and Germany about transhumanism. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you know, this is one of the agendas of the World Economic Forum that's not hidden, it's not a conspiracy, transhumanism, and, and they talk about the RNA vaccines as an entry point. Uh, kind of opening that space uh, ethically and otherwise. We have to solve the wiring problem. And so there are people, you know, like Elon Musk, who are trying to work on closed loop systems where the, the, the read of the brain um, and the input into the brain all happens within the brain in an implant that then is, is actually a very small implant um, that's put just underneath the skull. A good two-way communication system, direct communication system, between brains and computers, this is kind of a, the, the watershed moment. I mean, once you have a good two-way, nobody has any idea what happens after that. If you have um, uh, a good two-way communication system, directly between brains and computers, it also means you can connect several brains together to create an inter-brain net with a because it's it's the same the same system the same communication system and nobody has any idea what this means for things like identity who am i when i can access directly the brain of another person the word intelligent design immediately brings to mind of many people 
the creationist idea that all life forms are designed by God. And, and I, sometimes people tell me, don't use the word intelligent design. But it is intelligent design, what we are about to see in the world. It's just not the intelligent design of, of, of the God of the Bible. It's the intelligent designs of human beings and increasingly of, of algorithms. <laughs> Once you really solve a problem like direct brain-computer interface, when brains and computers can interact directly, uh, for example, to take just one example, that's it. That's the end of history. That's the end of biology as we know it. Nobody has a clue once what, what will happen once you, once you solve this. Uh, if life can basically break out of the organic realm, into the vastness of the inorganic realm, 